Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us. We are launching a little mini-series on a very important topic, and a topic very dear to my heart, and that is marriage preparation. Uh, Pope Francis and a Vatican commission recently advocated several changes to the way marriage preparation is done in the Catholic Church, and one of the things um, was that was advocated was extending marriage prep from six months to a year. So I'm entitling this episode, Marriage Prep, More, Less, or Different. Uh, I'd just like at the start say I'm in full agreement with the crucial need for a more effective and expansive marriage prep, but I'm going to be suggesting some ways that we might look at kind of a different aspect of doing marriage prep than simply saying we want more of what we are doing right now. Here's reason number one, and it's I had to go back and check my notes. One quarter of a century ago, I warned in a conference that there is the launch of a very serious decline in Catholic marriages. And at the time, <laughs> my hosts didn't agree with me. They thought, oh, it's, there's no problem. Well, the problem, that was back in December of 1996, I warned of that. We found that Catholic marriages, just since the 1960s, have declined 64%. That's over a long period of time. But how about just a dozen years between the year 2000 and 2012? Church weddings dropped by 40%, and yet at the same time, the number of Catholics in the United States increased by the millions. So here's my point, and I hope it's it's heard. And by the way, the Vatican uh, paper that's been issued, it's only in a couple of languages now, and one of those languages is in English, and Google Translator didn't want to translate it for me. So, But it is advocating adaptations and experimentation to find things that are very successful and will work well. But here's basically my warning that's coupled with the declining marriage rate already, a seriously declining marriage rate, that requiring more months of instruction will likely further decrease the Catholic marriage rate. Okay, that's, that's my point. That's a very big point. And why is that? Well, I think you would agree that the business of modern life is pretty busy. Everybody seems busy. And I'm just thinking of a, of a few situations, okay? Let's say the Catholic marriage prep required for a Catholic wedding was 12 months. Well, what happens if a person uh, works in shift work? And then particularly, it's a variable shift. You know, you have the night shift, the day shift, the early evening shift. This includes people like police, nurses, doctors working in a hospital, those working in a factory. And let's up it a little bit more because our 
military personnel really do need assistance in marriage. And in fact, it's I was actually rarely encouraged because I went to some seminars that was trying to advocate some new ways of helping marriages get on a solid footing. And I was so pleased to see chaplains from every branch of the military service there. But let's just go back to like, okay, if it's a year requirement and you're in the military and say like uh, you're in certain branches of the military, like one of my sons was, where you're deployed at least one section of a year every year. So how would you ever finish a marriage preparation situation and make matters worse? Let's say a um, two uh, people working in the uh, medical field are working in a hospital and they have variable shifts. How are you going to get both of them there for marriage prep for 12 months? It, it would be nearly impossible. And just even a much more simpler fashion is just the busyness of life. You say, well, just be hardcore. Well, I'm hardcore, but also want to be winsome and try to accommodate people where they are rather than just saying, no, it's got to be this way or that way. Now, one of the options I know you're going to throw up is uh, do online instruction. And there is some online instruction, but really, (laughs) I mean, I just can't see that online instruction is the best way to develop a deeply personal relationship. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned, totally out of date, and just don't know how things work. But to me, a personal setting to develop a deeply personal relationship seems to be the way to do it. Our Sunday visitor picked up something that I think is rather important and it was their cover story. They, it was entitled, Marital Mystery. Where did all the Catholic weddings go? They were aware of this steep decline number of Catholic marriages, weddings. And an exclusive report said that the number of marriages being celebrated in Catholic churches has dropped nearly 60% since 1972, while the number of U.S. Catholics has grown substantially. Well, in the same edition of our Sunday Visitor with that cover story, there was an editorial, and it reads as follows, and I quote, In recent years, dioceses around the country have beefed up their marriage preparation requirements significantly in recognition of the need to help young couples to be able to meet the demands of married life. And basically, this was the same motivation, and the motivation is very proper, but the same motivation that I just mentioned in the Vatican Commission, extending marriage preparation to one year. The Our Sunday Visitor editorial went on to say, ironically, the stiffened requirements, particularly if perceived or presented simply as bureaucratic hurdles may be discouraging couples from marrying in the church. So in other words, if I can just make this point blank, lengthening marriage prep may decrease the months of marriage prep to zero. In other words, 
it would drive a young couple away from the church. This is not the way to reach the next generation. The future of the church and the world passes through the family and not even getting the family off on the right foot by having a Catholic wedding, obviously we're in trouble. Okay, so reason number one, we don't want to further worsen the trend of seriously declining number of Catholic weddings in the church. And we want to be very careful about increasing the months of instruction to further decrease the Catholic wedding rate, okay? So reason number two, this is using a little reason, if the current six months requirement isn't producing the desired results, then doubling that requirement in no way guarantees a different outcome. If I can illustrate the problems, the big problems of school scholastic achievement, particularly reading, okay? Now, it's kind of assumed by state and local governments that more money, and the federal government, I should add, the more money spent on education means better results. So the spending on reading between 1970 and 2004 doubled, doubled, and yet the reading scores remained flat. It had absolutely no effect on the outcome. Now, if instead of doubling the amount of money spent, there is emphasis for encouraging parents to read to their children and perhaps switching to a phonics-based outcome. Both of these things would be minimal cost. I think you could see absolute improvement. So we just don't want to double the amount of money spent for reading without doing it wisely. We don't want to double the amount of time for marriage prep without doing something that will be more effective. Actually, this quote isn't from Einstein, except everybody thinks it's from Einstein. But the quote goes, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, you could modify that slightly to say the definition of insanity is doing more of the same thing and then expecting a different result. If what you're doing isn't working, doubling that, has a great likelihood of not resulting in whatever you want to happen. So I'm going to give you just a hint on what's coming in the next episode. But what I would be advocating is to dramatically increase the quality and effectiveness of the amount of time for pre-Cana Catholic marriage prep uh, the same amount of time as it is now, six months or perhaps even slightly shorter period. But within that period, uh, using a two or three day retreat to teach a particular marriage skill, okay? And this marriage skill has been validated by about two dozen university studies. It was one of those studies was paid for in part by the Catholic Church in Bavaria. And as a result of this two or three day training, after five years, and it's best if you want to measure the success of marriage, or marriage prep, you look out a few years and you look out five years, those who underwent this two or three day training 
had one third the divorce rate of other couples, including couples who went through six months of pre-Cana, two or three days, these couples had one third the divorce rate after five years. And this particular skill-based training for marriage is not included in most pre-Cana programs. So simply lengthening what we're doing now versus maybe looking for some other ways that may actually take less time and be far more effective. Personally, I don't know of anything else, and I've been studying this stuff for quite a few years, that you can take a two or three day retreat and lower the divorce rate by two thirds. That's just phenomenal. And I'll be sharing this with you. And I promise this isn't counseling snake oil. Um, this is this has been studied rigorously and it works. And I, I just need to add, because again, military marriages are in double stress. I mean, any marriage today is under stress of the modern world. And then you couple that with the stresses of military life. Well, I underwent some of this training. And again, I was very pleased to see chaplains from across the board and the various military uh, services were present. Uh, they were looking for something that would work in very stressful situations, and this will. So I'm just throwing that out. There's going to be other suggestions I will be making. So you want to be aware of the working world of young adults, and I believe that we should really respect people's time, okay? Simply making requirements of people to, uh, whatever they are, to be confirmed, uh, RCIA, uh, marriage prep, whatever it is, uh, we owe it to the people attending uh, to tighten things up in the presentations. In other words, to really do the work to deliver the goods, but try to do it in such a way that it's not eating into or causing stress in their lives because of the time requirements. For example, Faith and Family, this program you're listening right now is 30 minutes and it's by my intent. My intent is particularly focused on reaching younger families with children still in the home or about to leave the home. And in order to do that, I had a faith and family broadcast for, I don't know how many years, about 15 years, and I decided to shorten it to make it digestible for younger families. Yes, folks who might be retired or semi-retired, they would have the time for an hour broadcast on faith and family. Uh, you know, a lot of young families just don't have that time available in their daily schedule. So I tried to adjust. And let me tell you something. I tried to pack 90% in a 30-minute broadcast, what I did in a 60-minute broadcast. It just takes a little bit more work. And some of you may or may not know, I do a companion broadcast on biblical prophecy that broadcast is entitled Luke 21 Radio, and we've had a very unexpected result. Now, I've been doing Catholic radio work for 22 years, and you would think there's not too many unexpected results, because talk just about everything. But one of the things I did with the Luke 21 broadcast is made them 
15 minutes, which is kind of unheard of in a lot of modern broadcasting. And you know what the unexpected result was? We have a wave of male listeners. The feedback that I'm getting is there's a lot of male listeners. And this is a struggle for all of Catholic media, and actually not just Catholic media, but uh, evangelical media as well. How do you reach the men? And I'm aware of some of the most successful evangelical broadcasters. They told me point blank because I was interested how they're reaching men. Oh, we gave up on that. Just gave up on it. And yet, by reducing it to 50, we're trying to figure out why Luke 21 is reaching men to such a degree, it's kind of a surprising degree, but I think it was the length of time, part of it. And how do you do that? Well, I have a four-step prep for both of these broadcasts. You try to get to the point, number one. Number two, you reinforce the point. Number three, you try to give an application of the point. And number four, you shut up. Uh, in homiletics class, uh, our professor said, you know, so some of the hardest things for somebody preaching to do is land. He compared it to landing an airplane. They just come in and just kind of like bouncing down the runway, just can't bring it to a stop. He says, well, you come in to land, you come in and you land. So that's it. Get to the point, reinforce the point, give an application and shut up. Now, some good communicators knew about this. In fact, Thoreau wrote this many years ago. Not that the story need be long, but it will take a long while to make it short. And then one of my, actually, I have to confess, not my favorite presidents, uh, Woodrow Wilson, but he was asked by a cabinet member about the amount of time he needed to prepare a speech. So, President Wilson says, well, it depends. If I am to speak 10 minutes, I need a week for preparation. If 15 minutes, three days. If a half an hour, oh, two days. If I'm to speak for an hour, I'm ready now. <laughs> it's the opposite of what a lot of people think. In other words, it takes work to make it brief. Here's another reason why extending premarital counseling to a year may not have the result that's hoped for, but the New Vatican document did mention what I guess we would call post-marital counseling, and that's not counseling after you get divorced, after your marriage, but post-wedding counseling, I guess it would be. And they mentioned the traditional premarital counseling, but that couples need assistance in those early years of marriage. And this is from an article from the Journal of Biblical Counseling on Ministering to Newlyweds. And one author wrote, quote, it's my opinion that the period immediately following the wedding, the crucial first three months and the crucial years up to the arrival of the first child has not received appropriate attention. In fact, it has been ignored and neglected, but this is the time when the foundation for the marriage's future is laid and the time in which habits and lifestyle are formed. Here's another author from the same journal, and he says this, 
The clergy have made a major emphasis on the need and value of premarital counseling. The majority of churches have stipulations designed for premarital counseling with those couples utilizing the services of the church. At the same time, that strong emphasis is placed upon this service, premarital counseling, many clergymen question the readiness of couples to readily hear and utilize the premarital counseling sessions and to evaluate and explore the meeting, meaning for their relationship. Here it is. Just to be kind of point blank on this, uh, the couple comes in from premarital counseling and whoever is teaching these classes or leading these sessions going on and on about what their married life is going to be like and what challenges they'll have and this and that. And the couple is just starry-eyed, all excited about getting married. And it's not really sinking in this statement that they question the readiness of couples to really hear and utilize, they went back and did some surveys and found that at least in this one session out of a group of couples, 60% of the couples couldn't remember much of what was said during their premarital counseling centers. They couldn't even remember it. And you know how at times you get information, I know when you're young, right? Your parents tell you things of what you're going to face in life and have a tendency to blow it off. You don't realize the value of what you're being told. But then later in life, when you encounter those situations, oh, oh, that's what you meant and such. But what they're saying is that the couples will be better prepared to receive wisdom for living out their marriage. Okay, you get over the hurdle of the wedding because the wedding, it's like an eclipse. It just takes over everything. And as a result, what's going on in the premarital situations very often is lost. So they're advocating, the authors of this piece I'm mentioning, that younger couples need time to experience the reality of marriage in order to value the training that they're going to be taught. And so uh, I'm an advocate of this. This is advocated in the uh, Vatican document that came out. This is advocated in the Journal of Biblical Counseling. But there's a major problem, okay? And it's this. Right now, for most of the spiritual formation in the Catholic Church, there are mandates. Mandates are not requirements. Mandates are not invitations. Mandates are things you're required to do if you want a sacrament of grace. It's my understanding that often if a mandate, and I'm going back to that, our Sunday Visitor editorial, if these things are just presented in kind of a semi-harsh or demanding hurdle to be crossed in order to get a sacrament of grace, uh, you're destroying the grace that should be experienced in that whole process. But so then the question is, and this is a very valid pastoral question, well, if we don't mandate it, so many people will not come. So how can we do 
post-wedding counseling for young couples because we can't force them to attend after they're married because they're already married. They already went over the hurdle. So how can we get them to attend? Well, I'm not going to tell you in this episode. (laughs) This is another upcoming episode, but I think it's nearly a foolproof way to get young couples to attend post-wedding training. Okay, We can do this. So again, I'm advocating we need to be very cautious about doubling that time. I believe I mean, I'm looking at a clock that uh, basically I have to shut up within two or three seconds, even though I do run over, uh, of a broadcast. Okay? I, I, you have to work at that. But if we can work at the preparation for those pre- presenting and also find things that are more effective that maybe don't take nearly so long, we can do a better job of marriage preparation without having to double that length of time. That's just my PS. I think that may help get more young folks involved in the pre-Cana process. And then, of course, we need to do some work after that wedding. Uh, And actually, it's not just the first three months. It's actually not just whenever the first child comes. The first seven years of marriage are the critical times. And a lot of times, um, well, you know, almost everybody begins with great hopes and expectations and excitement and dreams and everything else. And, And yet so much of that is gone that seven years into the marriage, a lot of times there's extreme discouragement and divorce by the eighth year. And this is pretty much mapped out. So developing that post-wedding counseling is critical, and we're going to have to figure out ways to do it so that young couples busy in their first years of married life are willing and eager to come. That takes work. That takes planning. That takes grace. But I think it can be done. Stick with us for more episodes on marriage prep. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 397 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to learn more about Catholic family life.